Hey guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow and Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Grow and Go podcast. It is your host, as always, Tana Recklage. And uh, guys, it's been a couple weeks since I have uh, recorded an episode, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, I wanted to make the embarrassing story kind of quick, um, just to share some thoughts and things that I've just been thinking about lately, and you know, just almost as a way for me to just like get it out there um, and just talk. And so. I'll just I'll just share the embarrassing story real quick. Uh, there was this one time where I was, gosh, I don't even know how old I was. I was probably like 10, 9, 10 years old, whatever. Stupid little kid. Like, you know, almost embarrassing to the point where if you brought me anywhere, I was going to make some sort of embarrassing uh, memory for you to reflect on. But there was this one point where me and my mom went to the beach. And my mom, every time she goes to the beach, she's always the one that's like, I'm going to tan almost the entire time. I'm going to walk in the water and cool off. But other than that, I'm just going to be laying out this entire time. And I don't know if that's what just what adults do or it's that maybe that's just my mom or when you become a mom, that's what you do. But uh, <laughs> I remember as a kid, 9, 10, 11 years old, however, however old I was, I decided I'm like, I'm just going to stay in the water the whole time. Obviously, like that's what kids do. And so what I did was I was just laying, I was laying in the space between the sand and the water, like that spot where it's still like, you can walk on the sand going into the water. Like it was right where the waves were coming essentially. And I remember just like laying there and like, you know, little kid, (laughs) just obviously just keep in mind, I was a little kid and I'm laying there and the waves are coming and they're crashing over me. And I remember every time. Uh, a wave would start coming. It would start forming uh, like a few feet away from me. I'd like look over to my mom who was like 15 feet away from me laying out in the sun and I would just yell, hey mom, big wave coming. Just making a scene, obviously. And she didn't care. (laughs) She probably wasn't even listening. She was probably listening to like a podcast or some music or whatever. Um, Chris Tomlin, you know, all, all the good stuff. And there was this one point where I was just laying there And, you know, I thought that this was going to be, you know, that she wanted to know that she was actually genuinely interested in this. And so at one point I just yelled, mom, big wave. And this group of college kids, college or high school, there was like four or five of them and they were walking by and uh, they made fun of me. (laughs) They were like, mom, big wave. And they're all laughing and like, and I'm just like. I like shrunk, you know, like I just cringed inside. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like, and I was so embarrassed and I like ran up and stayed by my mom the rest of the time. But, uh, golly, that was quite an embarrassing time and, uh, straight up, not, not a good, not a good memory to reflect on, but it's very embarrassing. And since then I don't do that anymore. I have retired doing the big wave, uh, screams. And so now I, (laughs) I officially lay out in the sun all the time. Uh, so yeah, that's my embarrassing story of the week. And let's just jump right into it. And so judging by the title of today's episode, um, there's there's been a couple of reasons why I haven't posted in a while. Um, the most the biggest reason is because of my 
just mental health in general. Like, man, this past few weeks with the election and stuff like that, everyone's so stressed about everything and, you know, different, different things like that have just really caused me to be like, okay, I need to like breathe. Like I need to take some time for myself. I need to get away from, you know, posting anything. Cause I'm just very, it's stressful. I mean, no one really talked to, I never really heard about it being so stressful. Like I remember the first election that I watched was we watched it in the, for some reason we watched it in the school lunchroom when I was fifth grade, maybe. Yeah. I think fifth or sixth grade. And that was when uh, Barack Obama was going against John McCain. And I remember we were watching, um, we were watching the inauguration actually. It wasn't the debate. And I, I just remember strictly being like, not stressed about it. I was like, Oh cool. We have a, we have a black president now, which I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Cool. Like, and so, but I just remember like that. I don't remember any sort of stress. And then when 2012 happened, I was a freshman in high school and that was when it was Obama and, and uh, Mitt Romney. And again, I remember there being like no stress, but then like four years ago when it was Hillary and Donald, and then this one where it's Donald and Joe, like just, it's so unique just how crazy the world is or our, I would say our like nation is about like picking between, you know, two people, you know, and like how, I think I've talked about this before, but how, if you voted for one person, people automatically label you, label you as something that you're not just because you voted for a policy that you agree with. And I just needed to like take that time to just step away from sharing anything, step away from posting anything. Cause I was just stressed. Like, the fact if I even posted a picture of me saying I voted sticker, like then I would just get a bunch of people be like, who'd you vote for? And then if I tell them, you know, just not really a fear of man, but almost like a, I just don't want to like deal with this. I don't really, I don't really want to deal with like, you know, people just being so quick to like critique everything, you know what I mean? And so, um, in that time span of working on my mental health, um, to, to be honest, it's kind of been crap, uh, lately. So I, took that time to just reflect. Um, I'm back and, but, um, there's just a lot of things that I've just been, you know, kind of stressed about and I didn't really want to, didn't really want to deal with it. And so I just kind of took some time away and, um, and stuff like that. But, um, in the meantime, I've been kind of thinking about how, and usually I have my Bible open, usually I have quotes and, and verses to like look on and stuff like that. But, uh, but I don't for this one, just because I needed to like just press record, start talking, and hopefully I find uh hopefully I find my way out there, kind of like Michael Scott, where he's like, I start a sentence, and sometimes I hope I find it along the way. But and so I'm kind of hoping the same thing about this topic. But um, title is a uh, you know God isn't God isn't on my back. You know God isn't you know He's not keeping me in line. He's not keeping me in check. God isn't keeping me in check and. And I feel like maybe traditional church is kind of like, I've always grown up thinking that he is that like somehow, like if I'm not doing what he wants me to do, then I'm going to get punished. If that makes sense, you know? And, um, and I've been looking back on this, like a couple weeks that I've been gone and just kind of like been thinking about like that and just how much like a lot of the decisions that I make are the ones that I'm making and not the ones that God is like orchestrating. You know what I mean? Like God isn't making me overeat 
you know, God isn't making me stay up so late at night to the point where I'm so exhausted at work. God isn't making me do these things. God, you know, like God gives us the ability to choose between right and wrong and to choose between honoring him and honoring and pleasing ourselves essentially. Um, and I feel like recently I've just been kind of dealing with that thought process of like, God, God speaks in nudges and sometimes the things that I want to do can override the things that honor him more. If that makes sense. Um, you know, I feel like having a platform to speak. Um, I mean, obviously this is a Christian, a Christian podcast and it's called grow and go. And like the whole process of it is growing. And, you know, I think I've had this sort of twisted mentality thinking that like, if I'm not in a joyful season, then I'm not growing. But sometimes I've, I've realized recently that I don't have to be joyful and I don't have to like have everything together. And I don't have to, not that I always do, but I don't have to have everything in line for me to grow. You know, I think of Paul and how he was in jail and he was still rejoicing. Like he was still singing. He was still proclaiming how good God is, even in the midst of awful times. I think of the fact that after Jesus left these disciples, they went out and were killed because of him. And they were spreading good news. They were growing. They were, they were literally growing. They were growing the church and they weren't, they were doing it joyfully, even though they were being persecuted, hanged upside down, um, you know, nailed to a cross, just like them or just like Jesus was. And I'm thinking about how sometimes that like, I don't have to necessarily be in a good season to grow. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the distortedness of like what traditional church has kind of taught me is that like, I need to be honoring God. I mean, he wants us to honor us. I mean, that is, that is the goal is to look like Christ in all things and to be sanctified, um, to go through sanctification, which is, you know, the goal. Um, but I've realized that sometimes sanctification, like it doesn't always require it. It, it almost has to require me going through spots where I'm making the wrong decisions that way. God can nudge me back to the right ones, if that makes sense. And so I feel like in the past couple of weeks, I've just kind of, my mental health has kind of just been, I've been wrestling with it. I've been wrestling with like choosing what I want over what he wants. I mean, to be completely frank with you guys, like it's been tough and, and I'm not going to just come on the show and pretend like, Oh, like everything's good. You know, I took a few weeks off. I was on a sabbatical or I was like, I was spending a lot of time with the Lord and to, you know, that's a false, that's a false, um, outlook. And I feel like to be on, like, I feel like if we can learn to be honest about where we're at, where regardless of where we're at, if it, we're on a mountaintop, if we're in a valley, if we, we don't know if we're kind of being selfish with what we're doing. I think that's, I think that's the posture that God wants is for us to realize that he's not expecting us to be good all the time. If anything, he expects sinners to be sinners, you know, like not to live in our sin, but to say, Hey, no, I am a sinner in need of a savior all the time. And for us to act like, Oh, we're sinners saved by grace. And if we somehow fall short, then we're, we're, you know, screwing up. I think we're missing the point of a savior and someone who is better than us. I'm, I'm just like preaching to myself right now, but like someone who's better than me, like the decision, excuse me, the decisions I make 
sometimes will be faulty and sometimes aren't the best decisions. And it's remembering that I, I can't put an expectation on myself to meet all of the expectations that I put on because God's, I mean, you look at Jesus and he says to be holy and blameless, which is the goal, which will not happen until we are with him. Right. But he also says, come as you are, you know, and when that, and that could mean a salvation, but I also think it probably means a part of being who you are in Christ is coming as you are and say, God, I am, I have given into, I've given into drinking this week. God, I, I'm just using random examples, not personal, but God, I have given into porn. God, I have slept with my, my boyfriend, girlfriend this past week. Like God, I, and just humbly admitting where we're at is a step to growth. And I think I needed to admit where I was at for the past couple of weeks around this, uh, around the election, around just the decisions I've been making and just being open and vulnerable about where I'm at in need of growth to get to growth. Because if I can just post, you know, an episode, act all faked. And, and if I could like record an episode, close my laptop, close all my books and go in my bed and just watch TikTok or watch YouTube for hours and hours and just spend endless time going through useless, useless energy on social media, then I'm not being honest with myself. You know, I feel like there's a need for it. And I think we're afraid to because as a Christian, we want to set an example. You know, we want to be the example that people say like, oh my gosh, look at, like it's so stereotypical and funny, but like, look at the joy of that person's life. Like my mom always taught me, like, always told me that like, you know, like the goal is to like have people look at you as like, oh my gosh, there's something different about Tanner or there's something different about you, something different about him or her. And I think... Sometimes, I mean, yes, I completely agree that because of who we are, we now have this new identity that we're called to live in. But sometimes that identity is warped into who we used to be and the sin patterns that we used to be in. And um, and needless to say, not to go back and say like, oh, let's enjoy sin. Let's just sit and sin and, you know, you know, or, or sometimes we like put a lot of pressure on ourselves, almost this internal condemnation to like put ourselves in an expectation box to say, if, if you fall back into that old pattern, then like, then, you know, you're not setting a good example. You're not looking like Christ, but I think looking like Christ is admitting, Hey, I am still, still as bad as I was before, but I have a new identity now, you know? Um, and I think that's something I've always been wrestling with since I've been saved. I feel like is that internal condemnation of like, if I'm not reading my Bible strictly every day, if I'm not in the word, if I'm not listening to sermons, if I'm not listening to worship music, if I'm not focusing on God, then I am less than, and I am therefore less growing than I have before. But, and I, I mean, God, Jesus did say, you know, abide in me. Like abiding is just like resting in who he is and spending time with him and enjoying his presence and, there are times where I don't feel that. And I think we, if we can all be honest, I think there are times where we all want to do what we want to do over what God says to do. I mean, how many times do you want to take out the trash at night? Like no one, no one ever is like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to take out the garbage tonight. Or like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do dishes after dinner. Like, but part of the abiding is saying like, I don't necessarily want to. 
like it's 6 a.m. I am exhausted. I could have spent another hour sleeping, but but choosing to. And I think that's where God gives us grace to say he's not trying to keep us in check, but he's saying, I'm giving you a choice. He's like, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. But if you don't, then there will be no fruit. You're looking in the looking for the world for fruit. You're looking for things that pleasure you to feel better. And sometimes doing the right thing isn't always the the fun thing. I would much rather I would much rather sleep in an extra hour than wake up and just stare at my Bible and read. You know. But sometimes and I, I'll be, I'll, I'll admit that sometimes I want to sleep. I mean, who doesn't want to sleep, right? Like on a, on a Friday night, instead of going, there's this worship night, I could be going to that, or I could be hanging out with my friends and play, have a couple drinks and play, you know, some card games or whatever. Like there's so many times where like, I want to choose what I want to do, but just because I choose what I want to do, that doesn't make me less saved. But what happens instead is that I am now choosing my flesh. I am giving into a pattern of choosing my flesh over God's will. And I think God just wants us to admit that. I think all of this to say, I think God just wants us to say, hey, just be honest about where you're at. Like, don't post on social media that you're, you know, I I don't have a problem reading my Bible. I read the Bible every day. Yeah, you read a verse a day, you know, like to be honest about where you're at, to be honest about where, where are you in your relationship with God? You know, there's, I look back in May of this year, I remember just being so like, my heart was like, oh my gosh, God, I am just in love with you, man. Like I am, I just love you. Like I want to be in your presence. I just want to like be filled with your spirit. Like I remember at that point I was reading a book a week. Um, like I was getting up early, like just enjoying, enjoying his presence, listening to worship music and just like singing in my car. Like this isn't like a Jesus flex by any mean, but like, I remember just being so on fire. And then this past couple of weeks, I've just been like, so bleh, you know, like I've been like, man, where's my joy? Where's that? Where is that? You know? And instead of it turning into like a, Hey God, what, what's going on? It turns into me being like, all right, why aren't I doing better? Like why, why am why am I not allowing myself to get to where I was in May? Why am I, where is my joy? Like being so hard on myself about where I'm at, because I think that somehow dictates my relationship with God, but it doesn't, it dictates my end, but it doesn't dictate his end. And that's where I mean, it's a reminder. It's a constant reminder that like God is not putting this expectation on us to be like, you need to read your Bible every single day. And if you don't, almost like there's like this meme where like someone's pointing a gun at the camera and saying, you need to do this. You need to do that. But it's not like God is like saying, just come as you are. Like if you're tired and like, I don't think God is going to be like, if I get an extra hour of sleep, I don't think God's going to be like, you could have spent that with me, but you had to choose you. You know, he's almost like saying like, I, I understand. Just be honest with me, you know, and that's honesty is the best policy. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes we get in our head too much and we think like, oh man, like God is, God's judging me or not even just judging, but God is kind of like, Hey, why aren't you spending time with me? But I think God is the God of understanding. And yeah, he's also the God of justice and the God of truth and God of love. And he's all these things. But I think overall a relationship 
a relationship doesn't function if there's so many expectations to the point where you can't meet them. I think of my relationship, my best, me and my best friend, um, Andrew, like imagine if I just held so many expectations on him. I'm like, Andrew, you have to text me every day. Otherwise we're, otherwise I don't know if we're friends or Andrew, you have to like, uh, you have to, we have to call weekly. We have to keep each other in check or else we're not friends. Like Andrew, we need to, we need to hang out. Otherwise we're not friends. Imagine the expectation of that relationship. I think in his end, I don't think he would want to be friends with me anymore. If that was the case, you know, I don't think he would want to be in a relationship with me anymore because I'm putting all these expectations that he literally cannot meet, you know? And I think God's the same way. And I think, I think the biggest power is when we rest in who we are in him, knowing full well that we are not going to meet all the expectations that he, he wants for us. I mean, that's why the, he came to fulfill the law, not abolish it. He came to fulfill it. Jesus fulfilled all the expectations of the law of Moses. So that way we wouldn't have to, you know? And I think sometimes we get on ourselves and be like, oh man, I should be loving more. Oh man, I should be, I should be doing this better. Oh man, I should, I should be serving. I should be doing this and, and I, guilty. And I'm and, and just saying we should be doing that. And I think that's the call of the Christian is that we're called not to be like the world, but we're supposed to be in the world looking like Jesus. Right. But at the same time, there are times where our hearts need to be in check and we need to almost pump our heart again and to like, I think of uh, resuscitating where sometimes like um, when someone's heart is failing and someone takes their hands and pushes on the heart. Like, I think sometimes we need to do that to ourselves and not in an internal condemnation way, but in a way of saying, hey, hey, man, this is why your heart beats. Hey, man, this this is the God who saved you. Hey, man, this is why you're called to have the joy of the Lord, because he did this. You know, like it's a reminder to say, like, sometimes we need to just remind our heart who saved us, remind our soul of who saved us. And I think if we can get past the, and I don't know how, I mean, I can't sit here and be like, I have all the answers. I have it in this word document in front of me. No, I, I don't have the answers. And I don't think a lot of us do. And we can't be so hard on ourselves. You know, I don't think God is holding a knife to our neck saying, you better honor me in everything that you say and do, you know, even though we're called to, but we do sin and we do fail. And every day where we fall short of the glory of God, but it's that constant reminder, like, no, I don't know why I gave into that sin today because I know my heart belongs to someone else, you know? And it's almost like a resuscitating, like, man, make my heart beat again, Lord. And I think doing that is just being honest. You know, I, I feel like I've said that a lot, but I feel like, you know, if we choose to just read our Bible and being like, all right, God, now I'm, now I'm honoring you. Now I'm doing what you say I should do. And now, now I'm living my life for you, you know, but I think it starts with being honest about God. I, God, I haven't read your word in X amount of days. You know, God, I, I haven't talked to you in a while. You know, God, I feel like I have been choosing what I want over what you say is best for me. You know, and that God's will isn't, you know, punishment, you know, God's will is fulfilling and it's, it's a fresh breath of air, you know, but God isn't putting a gun to our head saying, 
you better do this. You better do that. He's saying, he's putting the gun in his pocket saying, you can do this. You know, he, that's why he came down. He said, my way is so much better than what you choose. It's just a matter of choosing it, you know? And I don't think God's going to be the one to condemn us and say like, how dare you? How dare you not choose me today? You know, I mean, I think I picture the, I think it was the woman caught in adultery and how he like knelt down with her and was saying like, go and sin no more. Like, come as you are, you know, she, he knew full well the act that she gave into, (laughs) which questionable whether or not she gave into it, but she, he knew full well what happened. And he said, he still said, like, get up, like, just keep walking, keep going, sin no more. Like, don't live in that sin. Keep, get up and walk. And I think of other stories about the, I think the man with the mat, he told him to pick up his mat and walk. And I think of those stories and I think like, you know, sometimes it isn't about just cleaning your act. You know, it's not about like, okay, all right, fine. Now I have to work 10 times harder. Otherwise I'm going to fail. But it's being honest and saying, God, I have you know, confess our sins to him. God, I have given into this. God, I've been doing this. I've been living this way, confessing and asking God for forgiveness and repenting and just moving forward and saying, God, you know, I've been living like this. I'm, I, it's, my heart is pretty, it's, it's beating slowly right now because I've been choosing what I want to do. And I feel like that's the consequence of our sin is that, you know, we can have we can recognize that God's will is better than ours, but a lot of times we don't really want to honor God because we enjoy sin. I mean, to be honest, let's just be honest. Sin is fun. Sin feels good. And sin is pleasurable. I mean, call it, call it spade a spade, right? But God's will is fulfilling. It's satisfying and it's complete. And it's just a matter of recognizing that it might not feel like it in the moment. It, you know, how many times have I woken up and been like, oh, I don't want to read. And then after reading his word, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like that's, that's why like just fulfilling, like just feeling that fulfilling. And it's not even just based on feeling, but just recognizing that like, this is what I made to do, you know? And so with that said, you know, God isn't keeping us in check, but I think he is allowing us to come to him with full honesty and transparency. So that's kind of just the thoughts I've had. Um, we're almost done with season two. I got a couple more episodes and then, uh, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, if you could just pray for me, I've just kind of been, I I need to resuscitate my heart a little bit and I need his hands on top of mine to do it with me. And so, um, you know, being honest about it, like I can't just like pretend that like Tanner, Tanner's always going to post, an episode and he's going to be like fully in line with the Lord. But like, no, there are times where I'm just like, man, I am choosing what I want. I am letting my anxiety get to me. And I think it's, I think it's more rewarding to be honest about where you're at than pretending where you're not, you know? So yes, if you could be praying for me on that, that would be great. All right. Challenge of the week. Um, this technique that I read in a book and I think my sister also taught me this too, is the 626 breathing technique. Um, Because I don't know about you, but my anxiety has been like top bar this week and and the week previously. And so a little breathing technique is you breathe in, uh, you inhale for six seconds, you hold it for two seconds, 
and then you exhale for two seconds. And I'm not going to do it because that's kind of awkward, but try doing it. And they say do that like four times and it's supposed to just calm your heartbeat, you know, slow your heart rate. And uh, it's it's a challenge of the week. I, I I wouldn't do it every day. I mean, try it once. I mean, it's helped me this past week. I've done it a couple of times, but uh, you know, and just use that as time to just reflect and just calm down. You know, sometimes the world is nuts and sometimes things are just so, gosh, sometimes you just want to like <laughs> act like a Karen and be like, come Jesus, come, you know, like you need to come soon because this world is, is going down, you know, <laughs> like, but sometimes, you know, just, we get anxiety and we get stressed and stuff and that's okay. We got to come as we are, but there's also some techniques that can help us with that too. Right. So, um, yeah, six, two, six breathing technique, inhale for six seconds, hold it for two seconds, exhale for two seconds or six seconds. Um, I promise it helps. And even it doesn't, even if it does not, Jesus does, he's a healer. He loves us. He loves us. And uh, he can calm any anxiety. I think of First Peter 5, 7, where he says, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Um, so yeah, guys. See you guys next week. Keep growing. Keep going. We'll see you guys next week.